you know, they're, they're really not taking breaks through the day. They feel this sort of constant movement from one thing to the next, really don't have a lot of time for renewal. Um, their calendars might have, you know, virtually no white space on them. And then they get home, they're, you know, maybe busy with, if they have a family, they've got, you know, parent responsibilities or other responsibilities at home. And then as soon as things start to wind down there, they're back on their laptops, they're back on their phone, texting, trying to catch up on whatever might be happening with their boss or, you know, needing to communicate with their teams. And, um, and it's exhausting, right? Yeah. I think there's just a lot of stress that people are facing. Um, and one of the statistics on this that I read recently was that 61% of employees report this feeling of being under a really high level of stress sort of constantly. And um, so there's this being plugged in all the time. And then, and then there's also, um, you know, what's the cause of the stress beyond the hours. A lot of the, a lot of the cause of the stress is actually related to people issues. Mm. And, you know, so it might be that there are conflict situations or trying to figure out how to get things done through people, how to motivate others, the communication challenges. I think all of those come up for people. And then they, you know, they're, they're working extra hard and extra long to try to deal with all of that. This week on the podcast, we have Shanaz Baroque. She talks about our people issues and why we really struggle with the people issues, but we don't often realize there are people issues. We might be stressed about um, our schedule being really busy. We might be stressed about um, our workload being over the top. We might be going home to a family and not being able to give enough time and value to them, to our coworkers or our friends. Um, so yeah, I think we should jump in now um, and she will explain why we really need to work on our people problems. Thank you so much, Shanaz, for uh, coming on the podcast today. We're super excited to have you here um, and to learn more about what you do. Would you mind giving us like a brief intro of what you do and who you are? Sure. Thank you, Kirsten. I'm excited to have this time with you today. Yeah. Um, so I'm an executive coach and also a faculty member at the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. And in my coaching practice, I work with individuals and organizations, um, both at, at the, well, at the individual level, but also the team level and the organizational level on change initiatives. And it could be that I'm working with someone who is moving into a leadership role that's the next level of leadership, or it might be that I'm working with a team that has some particular challenges that they're trying to grow through or even an organization that is really trying to make some larger scale culture changes. Um, so I enjoy that work very much. I also enjoy teaching very much. So I work at University of Michigan, as I mentioned, as a lecturer at the Ross School of Business. Uh, one of the classes that I teach is coaching and mentoring in organizations uh, for the weekend MBA students. And so beyond that, I, my early background was actually in public accounting. I worked for Coopers and Librand, which is today uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers. And then for several years, I owned a mortgage and title company for about 15 years. Through wow. that process, I found myself increasingly, yeah, I've made some changes, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I found myself, yeah, I found myself really increasingly interested in 
developing people and wanting to do work that was aligned in that direction. So um, ultimately went back to school, got my MBA at Michigan, and from there made this pivot into coaching. So I feel like it's, uh, it's the dream job for me to be, have this combination of both coaching and teaching. Um, you know, definitely feel like I'm a, a continuous lifelong learner. And so having this opportunity to kind of go back and unpack some of my own early career experiences with my clients has just been really fascinating and enjoyable work. And, um, and just being a part of helping people to really thrive where they are individually and uh, in their organizations is just incredibly inspiring work for me. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I love that you have made such different shifts. Not many people go from accounting to coaching. Um, yeah. I, I think that's very interesting and fascinating. Did you find that in those those early stages you were struggling with being developed or leadership and that whole concept of coaching was that was that something that wasn't even talked about yet yeah i mean i think you're hitting on a couple of things there i actually yeah. felt like in my first career um you know in public accounting i was definitely not in the right role i loved the company that i worked for and really enjoyed my coworkers. But I just felt like I wasn't really playing to my strengths. And back then, this was in you know, the late 80s, early 90s. And at that time, there wasn't a lot done, at least in, in our organization at that point, to help us figure out who were we really and how could we play to our strengths better. So I think that having that sort of awareness that I wasn't in the right place helped me become very curious, not only about my own journey with finding work that was very strength, uh, you know, strength-based, but also helping other people to find that. So ultimately, when I left public accounting, I went through a career coaching program, and, um, and that's sort of what put me on the path to leadership and uh, developing myself more mindfully. Um, so yes, it's definitely been been a long and, and twisted road to getting to this point, and I feel like every step of the way has been at the same time very purposeful and, and helped me just to learn a lot about myself and about people and um, in organizations. Yeah, so really fascinating career for me. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So then, um, going forward to the now days of your career, what um, problems and issues do your clients struggle mm -hmm. with when they approach you and how do you help them almost bridge that gap to success? Yeah. And so there, because I do work in so many different areas mm -hmm. from individual leadership development, coaching to career coaching and team coaching, um, it, it, it's a long answer to, to your question, but yeah. I would say in general, it's, you know, when organizations are recognizing that they, they want to help people to make a change and have an understanding that making change is difficult, right? So yeah. it could be that, you know, that they're working at, at the leadership level to, you know, try to drive engagement. Um, perhaps working on communication skills and really understanding others, being able to, you know, shift into taking the perspective of someone else that's on your team and, you know, building trust on your team. Feeling, you know, there's just so many challenges that leaders face today. 
right? Um, mm-hmm. The level of stress that's in the workplace, uh, people feeling overwhelmed, um, you, know, the techno- you know, the technology challenges that people face, just feeling continuously on and, you know, working in different time zones. I have a lot of clients that are global and, and um, you know, are just dealing with lots of uncertainty, lots of variability, and this feeling of always having to be on. Um, and so it's really hard to think strategically about your own development when you're going through all of those challenges. And so I think coaching can be a really supportive tool for change in that environment. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, it could be that I'm working with someone that is sort of at the intersection of both thinking about their own career and how they're going to rise in their organization or how they can do work that's better aligned with their own strengths. Um, each scenario is, is really unique as, as I guess I would say as unique as we are people. And yet there are certainly patterns across organizations and individuals that you can uh, utilize to help, you know, just from a process standpoint, help to approach the work. Yeah, no, I really liked the comment that you had about always being on. I feel like managers and leaders today, they struggle with being able to walk away from, from work for a little bit and not feeling that stress. Could you elaborate more on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I hear, you know, I'm thinking of a a few clients in particular right now, but I can think of, I can think of so many who describe their work lives. You know, they're, they're really not taking breaks through the day. They feel this sort of constant movement from one thing to the next really don't have a lot of time for renewal. Um, The calendars might have, you know, virtually no white space on them and then they get home. They're, you know, maybe busy with, if they have a family, they've got, you know, parent responsibilities or other responsibilities at home. And then as soon as things start to wind down there, they're back on their laptops, they're back on their phone, texting, trying to catch up on whatever might be happening with their boss or, you know, needing to communicate with their teams. And, um, and it's exhausting, right? I think there's just a lot of stress that people are facing. Um, And, one of the statistics on this that I read recently was that 61% of employees report this feeling of being under a really high level of stress sort of constantly. And um, so there's this being plugged in all the time. And then, and then there's also, um, you know, what's the cause of the stress beyond the hours? A lot of the, a lot of the cause of the stress is actually related to people issues. Mm. And, you know, so it might be that there are conflict situations or trying to figure out how to get things done through people, how to motivate others, the communication challenges. I think all of those come up for people. And then they, you know, they're, they're working extra hard and extra long to try to deal with all of that. Yeah. I like the, the people issue thing. I think that's, if we're not happy, we're not going to be happy around others. And it instantly creates problems. Um, so what things then do you, would you recommend for these people struggling to balance their time and take an off mm-hmm. um, per se? What would you help them or how some, how are, where, what are some tactics that will help them kind of alleviate that, that stress, so to speak? Yeah. Well, I think that one of the great things about coaching is that because you're, 
external to the organization and the relationship is completely confidential, mm -hmm. but you quickly have an opportunity to build a high level of trust with the person that, or organization or you know, the team that you're coaching. And in that environment, um, you, can, you can have a more real conversation about what the real challenges are for people. And so asking questions about the nature of the stresses that someone is, is under. And usually when I'm working with a client, one of the first things that I do is I have them complete um, an intake form, which is essentially a, it's a journaling activity where they're reflecting on where they are right now, what have the challenges been that they've been facing in the last couple of years, how do they see themselves at their best, um, when they're under stress, what happens, what are the things that lead to stress for them, um, and, and also beginning to do a little bit of envisioning work, what are the things that they really would like to develop and see change through the coaching process. And, um, and so I ask a lot of questions that are related to thriving. What are, you know, what are the things, uh, Martin Seligman's model, his PERMA model, uh, which stands for positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievement. So I'll, I'll look at those components to see, I'll ask questions related to those. Uh, to see how people feel they're doing in those different areas. And then beyond, uh, beyond his model, I also think about, um, I think of this as PERMA squared. So the other side of PERMA for me is also about how do you, you know, how do you show up from a standpoint of presence? Are you confident when you're walking in um, to whatever work it is that you're doing? How do you present yourself? Um, and also, and so that's the next P in the model, right? And the next E in the model is energy. Um, how are you doing in terms of physical, em emotional, mental, and spiritual energy? And I'll have them assessed in those areas as well. And then um, resilience is the next R in the model, right? So what, how, how has the individual been able to be resilient already? What are some of the practices that they have related to resilience? And then what are some things that they can do to continue to build resilience when they face difficulties and obstacles? Um, and then the next, the next M in the model is mindfulness. Really helping, and I, I think of this truly as the foundation of coaching, right? Mm -hmm. As a coach, yeah. you need to be able to show up and really listen and not have a lot of noise in your own head about the conversation that you're having. Um, and, uh, and as a client, you need to be in a place of quieting uh, all of the clutters so that you can see things more clearly. Uh, and then the last piece is acceptance. And I think this is something that people really struggle with. It's, it's uh, you know, self-acceptance. How do people actually see themselves? Do they have compassion for their journey? You know, or, or do they have this really strong internal critical voice? And, um, and so... You know, we're trying to figure out what are all these obstacles that someone is actually dealing with as they consider the change that they want to make. And the obstacles, you know, can be related to thriving. They can also be related to beliefs that they have, right? That, you know, the way that the brain works, we, you know, we see patterns and then we think that things are a certain way because, you know, our brains are wicked quick and, and they look for, um, opportunities for efficiency, 
right? How can we just look for pattern recognition and then move on to the next thing? <laughs> and coaching, coaching is just slowing it all down mm. so that you can actually think more strategically, more mindfully um, from a place of greater self-awareness um, and, and from that place to have choice about what you're actually going to do and consider your options instead of just maybe your default mode of, you know, just autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? So oftentimes this coaching thing, we get, we hear it, we hear all, all of the tactics per se, and we're excited about it and we Mm -hmm. want to, we want to be a part of that. And then a week goes by and you're back to where you were because it's just, it, it's, it's not ingrained in you. How, how do we ingrain that in ourselves? Yeah, so it's really about habit formation, right? You're trying to develop a new habit if you're trying to work on a change. And so I think the first part of that is really considering why you want to make the change, whatever, whatever that might be. So, for example, maybe you want to build more time into your schedule for more strategic thinking, and you're going to do that by journaling, reflecting, right, or whatever the components of that might look like. So you want to develop a system for how you're going to do that and how you're going to make that be routine for yourself. So I think you start by thinking about why you want to make the change, how will it, how will it help you, and how will it also help other people that you care about, other stakeholders? What will the impact be if you actually are able to be more strategic and take this time out to think, you know, to think and to reflect. Um, there might be benefits aside from strategic thinking. There might be just this opportunity to sort of be calmer and to be able to see things um, more clearly by taking that time out, right? Uh, and that might, that might help you in your personal relationships at home, and it might also, you know, have a really big positive impact at work. So you start with that, and then you're thinking about how do you actually make it be routine for yourself? How can you, you know, create a system? And, um, and I think that, that has to do with getting it in your schedule and really committing to it being on your calendar, right? Knowing when it's going to happen. Um, and, and then at the same time, you know, we, we do have a lot of variability in the workplace, and there are going to be times when, even with the best of intentions, it's hard to actually follow through on something. And so what's your backup plan going to be when you fall short, when you don't do it on the Friday morning that you have it planned? How are you going to overcome that and just anticipate that that's going to happen? You know, what's your, what's your plan B for when you're going to do that? So I can, I can give you um, an example of this. I have, oh, that'd be awesome. Um, Yeah, I mean, this is a simple thing. I'll give you a personal example. One of the things that I'm trying to do right now um, is that every Wednesday morning, I've committed to myself that I'm going to make a routine of reaching out um, to a couple people in my network and just staying in contact with them. So my plan is I'm going to do that every Wednesday morning at 6.30. And if I don't do that for some reason, then my, my next day to check for that is on Sunday night. Right. So I'm either going to be doing it Wednesday morning or I'm going to be doing it Sunday night. And I, I can tell you, I would much rather do it Wednesday morning. But if I haven't done it by then, I feel like I have no excuse for not doing it on Sunday <laughs> night. And it, it's really working for me. Right. It's really been helpful for me to, to just have it on my calendar, 
know that that's what I'm going to do and to have a backup plan for, um, you know, for not doing it. And then the other thing is when we say it out loud to someone, just like I did to you right now, there's also a greater level of accountability that happens, right? So, so I've shared this goal with some of my, you know, my, my husband and with other people that I work with closely so that they can help, help hold me accountable to it as well. So I do think it helps to engage other people who care about you in that, you know, in that process. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I really like the, the plan B thing because oftentimes we do have great intentions. We we're excited about it and then it just, something comes up one or the other the office work is crazy. Um, but then it just gets put off and put off and put off. And I like how you do it on Sunday night too, because like, I don't want to mm-hmm. do work on Sunday night, but um, <laughs> that allows you to, to almost hold yourself accountable um, in the process, but also have those people who will say, hey, did you reach out this week? That's awesome. Uh, yeah. um, so yeah. what are, Oh, keep on going. Sorry. I, I was going to, I was just going to add one thing to that, Kirsten. I was thinking about, you know, so what happens in the coaching relationship when you're working with someone on a particular change and they're struggling with it? Mm-hmm. The fact that they're struggling with it is not a problem, right? That's not the problem. It, it, it's, it's identifying what the issue was that created the struggle that you're really trying to get to. Mm-hmm. So it could be that you're working with someone and there was something that they were going to do and you're checking in with them. You're that accountability partner for them. And they weren't able to hold themselves to whatever it was that they were planning to do. Then the conversation is about trying, you know, with empathy, trying to understand what the challenges were for that person. And so it creates this great opportunity to really understand at a deeper level when something doesn't happen. Yeah, and so it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, that, that it doesn't happen. It's just, it's an opportunity for more awareness. And, um, and I think of, I think of coaching as design thinking through conversation. So in design thinking, you start by accepting where you are, right? You have, and this is the whole self-awareness piece. So you're looking for what is it that this person is going through right now, right? And you're, you're trying to have context and, and background um, and understanding about that. And you're empathizing with that as a coach, right? You're, whatever the person is coming in the door with makes perfect sense for them given their background and experience. And so you're, you're, you're empathizing for them and you're also helping to foster some self-compassion in that journey. Right. Um, And then from there, you're, you're looking to define what's the real problem that we're trying to solve. Right. It may not be the first level problem definition. Yeah. Sometimes people come to you and they think there's a particular problem that they want to solve. And maybe the real issue is, is lack of self-compassion. Or maybe it's, you know, communication skills or beliefs about other people on their team. Right? So you're, you're really trying to, to just get clearer about the real challenge. And, and so once you've defined the problem, then you're, then you're ideating, right? You're coming up with what are all the different possible things we could do to learn about this area. It might be that they're seeking feedback from individuals. It could be that you're doing assessments. It could be that there's reading to do, reflecting, journaling. I mean, there could be any number of, of ways forward. And so you're thinking about, well, what, what would really work for this person? And you're, you're co-creating that, you know, those ideas together. What would, how do they learn best? 
right? And you're trying to understand that. And then, and then you're moving into prototyping, which is, okay, let's try this approach. And then, you know, let's see how that goes. Let's follow up on it and see how that works for you. And then let's try another approach, right? So you're, you're doing all this prototyping and you're, you're just testing it then to see what works and what doesn't work. And then you're going back, right? Each time when you're meeting with them again, you're going back and you're, you're understanding where they are again and you're, you're iterating through that whole process. Um, and so each step of the way, you're looking for progress and you're trying to, uh, and sometimes progress is just around awareness. Yeah. No. Right? It's, it's not yeah, always sure. linear. <laughs> it yeah. happens in stages. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like that too, because it's all, you're digging deeper. Oftentimes, like even I find myself, like I have a problem, but what actually is the problem that I'm mm -hmm. facing and how can I, how can I re reapproach and change my mindset to, to figure that problem out? Um, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I can share another example of a client yeah. that um, I, I was coaching a, a leader um, who had, I think, around 200 people who reported to him through, okay. you know, through the, the leaders that he led. And um, he was struggling with, he was struggling with a lot. I mean, he had a really big team. He had just had this next level promotion. He had a new boss. A lot of things were changing in his environment and the scope of the work that he was doing. And so he, he just, he was going through lots and lots of changes, but the reality was he was also going through some difficulties in his personal life that were really impacting, um, you know, really impacting him personally. And um, on top of that, he was struggling with sleep deprivation. He actually had uh, you know, I talked about different forms of energy. Well, physical energy was really suffering. He wasn't sleeping well. He was getting maybe four hours of sleep a night and um, ultimately ended up going to a sleep specialist. He's on a CPAP now. A lot of things got a lot better for him once he got to the real issue. But you've got to get to the root cause. You've got to start to see what are the layers of us. And, and people are complex. There's not just one thing, right? So you're, you're staying curious as a coach about all of those all of those things that are contributing to that individual and their journey and where they're challenged. Yeah. I think oftentimes we'd think about what's happening at work, but we don't often think mm -hmm. about what's happening outside of work and how those things are so impactful inside the workplace. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we might even have beliefs about that. We think it shouldn't, we shouldn't bring those to work and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to share those things with people that we work with necessarily. And culturally, people have different beliefs about the kinds of things that should or shouldn't be talked about at work. And, um, and so there, there's just a lot of opportunity, I think, in the coaching relationship to get support that's much more targeted in a much safer place. And, um, and that's, that's really rewarding. And I think that's, when people feel like they can have that really honest conversation with you as a coach and bring in those other things beyond the work issues that are contributing to how they're showing up, um, you can really make a lot of progress. Yeah, no, that's, that's so important. That's so important. Um, so how can people get in touch with you to learn more about you or to possibly use you as a coach? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Yeah. So 
Um, my company name is Optimize You, and it's spelled O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E, and just the letter U.com. So they can check us out there. Um, awesome. My email address is fbrocheck, B-R-O-U-C-E-K, at optimizeyou.com. And um, so they can reach me by email. They can reach me on the website. They can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, so any of those would be good ways to reach me. Awesome. Cool. And we'll put those in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much, Shanaz, for uh, joining us on the podcast today. We really enjoyed it. I appreciate it. It was great fun. I appreciate you reaching out and um, hope that this will be helpful for people. Yes, absolutely. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.